Welcome to Cat Chat. You're listening to Cap Chat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is Cap Chat. Season number four. I said that slowly so I could figure out what it was in Spanish, but uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Season number cuatro here. Um, so. You have been working on your Spanish. I'm trying, man. I'm really trying. It's also made me realize how dumb I am in... <laughs> I don't know. I'm disappointed in myself, but, you know. No, what do you, what do you, know, like you seriously have been. I know I have been. I have been, and I feel dumb about it because I'm not very far. I shouldn't have to... After this many lessons, I shouldn't have to think. I shouldn't have to think about how... What freaking four is come on now i mean that's it's uh, oh well man what are you gonna do what are you gonna do tyler you look fantastic your fresh haircut you're rocking the polo i mean i'm proud of you man you look good i thought we were dressing up for the season premiere so i guess like you didn't get the memo no your point's valid and i understand your point and um, you told me last year at the season uh, opener you might wear a tie this year. Yeah, I actually <laughs> thought about it. I, I well, I assumed you're going to be at at your class. I thought you're going to be on campus and you'd be wearing a Culver shirt. And yeah, well, hey, uh, you saw me the that video that got real hot yesterday. I was I was rocking the Capelli on campus too. Trending that mm-hmm. that exploded on social media. Mm-hmm. I, think I think it had 13 views. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. So, man, we're back. I was asked about it today out in public. Oh, really? Yes. Some guy was like, why were you the first person on the video? And I was like, I have no idea. That's Hmm. great. Great. Well, you're one and oh, man. Congratulations. So that's it. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it was hot. It was really hot. The game wasn't great because of that. but I did. I had someone, and I'll ask you what you think. I had someone come up to me the other day, and they said, uh, "Good win, coach." <clears throat> and I said, "It it was a win. It wasn't good." And they said, "Who cares? A win is a win." And I just I just looked at him and I said, "I appreciate that comment, but I'm way too much process oriented." But thank you. Well, I, I agree with him. I think I think it's the same concept as is a goal is a goal, and. Now, can you can you get better from the win? I mean, but at the end of the day, it's a win because you get judged on it, right? I mean, if you 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 rock out a fifteen and two season, and you're like, eh, they weren't very good wins. Who cares? You're still making the playoffs, and you're gonna, you know, and helps your career. Now, you have to learn from it, I think. And so, in your yeah. mind, yeah, there's two answers. <laughs> yes, a win is a win, but regardless, if you go undefeated you know you're still looking how do you keep improving you know yeah and there's going to be a lot of coaches that disagree with what i'm going to say next um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. especially especially american football coaches but i think my job is to be able to look past the results category and figure out if we're playing to our capabilities and our standards and so I know that we won one to zero, but I did not think that we played well. I did not think we played to our standards. 
I did not think we played disciplined um, and did not run our system very well. So where everyone's come up to me saying, great win, I, it's really hard for me to agree with them because I think that if, if it was 0-0 and we played better, I'm like, okay, the results are going to come um, because we're playing well. So that's – I know, like, you know, American football, like you said, they, they, all they care about is getting judged and winning. And I, I have coached too long to where I care about the standard now probably. No, I think that's I think that's a good thing. I mean, it you're 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 also in in a probably a more comfortable coaching situation that true, you could true. you could you could have a losing season and, and and probably and not lose your job. Where whereas you know other schools, mm-hmm. you, like you have to win whether it's pretty or not. But no, I think that's, that's a sign of a good coach. I, I, you always tell your players to to digest the game and, and let's look at it the good bad and um you know because if you get complacent you know what's that quote you 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 get two options you can you you can get better or you can stay the same yeah what, what do you want to do today so i i think mm-hmm. but i i think when people tell you a good win i think you just smile and nod and because you you, I, just, you, 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 look, you had a you had a great text to me the other night you know, we were talking about the game and you said, well, here's the deal. I think you said, basically, you're going to learn from the game either way, win or lose, right? And, and yeah. the positive thing is that you guys are learning from the game and it was still a win. Yeah. And that, that was a good perspective for me to hear uh, from you and that. So that was, that was good advice. Oh, well, I'm glad I could help, man. It's what, it's what I do. Tyler and I are friends offline, everyone. I don't know if you guys knew that. We, <laughs> we communicate via text message. Actually, he did text me back first and said, who is this? <laughs> I got a new phone three years ago. Who is this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Man, well, let's... Um, it, it. We spent some time traveling this summer, and, and uh, you know, Tyler and I roomed together, and... and went to a couple different places and, and saw some different things. And um, so wanted to, to recap our summer somewhat and, and, you know, see what did we, what did we learn this summer? Um, you guys were away from us for a couple months and, and I, I'm sure you guys missed us and we missed you, but what, what did we learn? Um, what did we learn this summer, Tyler? Oh man, this is a, this is a great segment. Uh, I'm going to start, my first one, I do want to be non-soccer related. Our good friend Steve Axtell probably knows this, but um, a lot of beaches uh, are, are rock beaches and not necessarily sand beaches, as I found out visiting Steve's home state of New York. Interesting, huh? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known that, actually. I, it would... A rock <laughs> beach suck. I mean, yeah. what's it? Sucks. So going out into the because they have all those lakes in New York. I was upstate, right? And so you just you're you know there was a lake house, visit lake house. They got their boat dock. You get off the boat dock, and when your feet touch the ground in the water, it's all rock. But is it what? What about like you know? Because you see you see sand normally like going into the water. Yeah, you see it's all rock. Yeah, that seems rock awful. all the way up to the shore. <laughs> apparently, apparently, no one's no one's sunbathing in the rocks. No, no, no. I mean, Steve could probably educate us more on this. Um, I, I was even like researching and Googling why this is. And, uh, you know, like my, my kids jumping in the water, of course, she, she jumps too aggressively. She like cut her foot open. She's bleeding because she hit the bottom and there was a rock there. 
so it's just luckily just she didn't get eaten by a shark. No, no, there was no shark smell of blood. We weren't visiting during Shark Week. They were oh, all okay. okay, okay. Yeah, what but was the knock? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I like that. I, 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 mine are mostly soccer related, but I did learn that my application for the U.S. Women's National Head Coach, I think, got lost. So, because I'm not listed in the top ten, um, so I may, wow. I may, I may mail it in again. But I really wow. thought after Vladko stepped down, I would. I mean, I thought uh, I kept waiting for my phone to ring. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, man. I, I know, I, I know. I thought, I, thought I wrote a good. Le- I thought I wrote a good <laughs> reference letter. <laughs> I, could, I, I guess I shouldn't have done it in crayon. But uh, you shouldn't have hey, spelled say, United States wrong. I, <laughs> Speaking of, uh, one thing that I learned, um, so there was eight teams left in the World Cup. um, And of those eight teams of the rostered players, only five of them played in the NWSL. Why don't you think about that? We claim to be the best country in the world for women's soccer. The eight best teams were left. Only five players on those rosters. We're in the NWSL. Eek. That's a problem. It is a problem. And I've been saying that for, I don't want to get too political. And, you know, I, I've been saying that for years that I don't think we'll win the World Cup. And I would have, you well, we, 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 we talked yeah. 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 I would have been happy with top eight. And my, my problem that, that I have with a player like Rapino is, is that she is, they're always talking about equal pay, which I, I, I totally agree with. But it's really hard when, and we saw the money she makes, you know, $8 million a year. It's hard when she's trying to get equal pay for the U.S. Women's National Team. And the league n- needs more help. So, the, you know, the player in the, the, the bottom of the barrel is making 25000 a year. Why don't we, like, yeah. if you want equal pay for, let's help, let's help that lady out who's rooming with three of their, their teammates. Because you're right, all the best players are going overseas now. Why wouldn't you? You get a chance to play yeah. on the Arsenal pitch or, or you play here yeah. on a high school soccer field. Uh, of course yeah. you're going overseas. It's easier um, trickle-down money, too, right? Because you're talking about the Chelsea's and the Barcelona's and the, the teams that are, are so rich in money and wealth yeah. that them putting together a women's team and compensating them is going to be way higher than, you know, the Columbus crew in the United States trying to, you know, host an entire team or something like that and help them out. Now I'm thinking other sports, if the Yankees, New York Yankees decided that they wanted to open up like a youth system to bring kids into the youth system Mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to cost them anything throughout that, they could do it easily and everybody would want to play there. It just shows you the difference in sports, you know? So those things that, you know, United States we're still behind on. Well, I, I, I wish that the the NWSL because I, I wish that the teams were connected to the MLS. Um, you know, I, here in Kansas City, I just went to Kansas City Current game. The the, the women's yeah, NWSL. Oh, it was awesome, man! It was a lot of fun. They, the new stadium they, was great too. I drove by there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. It's not done, obviously, but it, it's they, they played um, where sporting plays, and I'm a big fan of the stadium, but. Why not if if MLS and NBSL combined and you're sharing resources like that stadium is going to be awesome, but it's almost the same size as a sporting stadium and you can combine mm-hmm. you can combine because now 
uh, the current's lucky because they have a, a nice stadium to play in until there's being built. But not other uh, other NWSL teams have that. So why not combine with MLS? Because that's what they do overseas. Well, yeah, you know? financially though, I, I heard this on a podcast a couple of years ago, and I, I don't know the the latest statistics, but in like the MLS's first fifteen years, uh, every single team uh, was in the red every year for fifteen years. I believe that. So zero clubs turned a profit once. I don't know if that's something the NWSL wanted to <laughs> hitch its wagon to either. So things to things to consider. Yeah, just sharing that resources. Was that was a deep. That was a deep one for summer. I, what I, I learned. I know. Sorry. I know. Sorry, I know. Sorry. No, it's good. Well, well, we'll cut it short a little bit. But I, t- I one thing I did learn on a on a serious note is is doing these ID camps is players need to speak for themselves. Sixteen, mm-hmm. seventeen year old young adults are coming up to check in. And and mom or dad are saying, "Hey, I'm I'm here with Susie," and then I'll stop. I mean, you saw the check-in process. Yeah, hey, yeah. Susie, how old are you? She's a she's a 2000, you know, she's 2024. And I want to say, "Hey, mom, back off a little bit." <laughs> like, like you know, yeah. this kid, she's got to speak for he or she's got to speak for themselves. So, kids, if you go to an ID camp, maybe tell mom to wait in the car, or like you're old enough. I I, I got this. Yeah. I just dropped my son off at school, and we scootered. We live close enough now. I didn't, he didn't want me to walk him to the door. He's 10. I'm like, he's got it. I said, like, okay, man, you got it. Love you, bud. Like, he's 10. Like, it's okay. Like, that's the, – I, I don't know. I learned that. I, I was I – was, I'm surprised by that. Um, by that. I, I did learn that this summer. So I'm not surprised by that, but I think that's a, a yeah. good, helpful tip to definitely start this show. You are, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, anything else you learned? I think you ended on a good one. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk about this forever. So, but, um, I, I, I will say we, as I slow down to, to find the, um, music, we should say hello I tend to, think of to Ruthie. As a one man wolf pack. And my wolf pack proved I won. It's time for Tyler's Trends. Thank you, Ruthie. Yahtzee. Uh, Yahtzee. Uh, okay. Hey, we're going to start with a fun one, right? Uh, you know what everybody loves, Josh? Everybody Cook- loves cookies. Good... Yeah, that is true. That is true. Oh. Everybody also loves a good Instagram page. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody loves a good Instagram page, right? And so a little trend that I've seen coming through, right, is players, as they're reaching out to coaches, saying, Hey, you know, this is all my information in my email and email looks good and everything. Check out my highlight reel. Here's my Instagram page. Mm. 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 Then you go to the soccer player Instagram page and it's like 30 different clips of like seven seconds each. And you, they're not just going to run consecutively. You're swiping and then coming back and you can't. The screen doesn't get bigger on mm-hmm. Instagram. You can't turn so, your and that doesn't phone. change it. Yep. Yeah. Because it's a boxed in reel. Mm. And guess what? Like now I'm like, ah, this is not a highlight reel. And it turns into something tragic and sad. And then I see 
a video of a kitten, and I am amused <laughs> and distracted. And now, and then you're lost. Yeah, <laughs> and I forget what I'm doing, and I go have a cookie. So, uh, yeah, big big trend. That's not a good trend, right? Let's not send our Instagram pages as the highlight reel. Please put together uh, an actual highlight reel with a slate at the beginning with proper information played out full clips the best of what you got house music or not we don't care make sure that it is not a link to your instagram page i like it i like so i I know and i know you've been up on the twitter twitter or i guess it's not twitter x x x factor um how how can people how can players use instagram uh, i know it's not there where x is right now but how can players use instagram to their favor is it okay to post your clips not not yeah. send that to coaches but it's okay i, I think mean you how- st- i think you should still do it i think instagram is the place to post your clips um i would still put some sort of editing value um, on those clips on Instagram. Okay. So I would not just, you know, simply throw it from my phone straight in there with no context whatsoever. I would still try to make those clips, uh, maybe with an intro, maybe with a little tab, right. Uh, I'm, I'm wearing number four left back in this clip, right. And you put that at the bottom. So some editing value to my Instagram clips, Instagram clips are okay. It just gives me an idea maybe of who you are. It does not supplant the need for a highlight video. Right. Um, Twitter, you can put your highlight link right at the top, right in your bio. You can put your highlight, you can put your highlight link as your pinned tweet. Uh, There are just, it's just easier on Twitter uh, to get the full picture. So I'm not saying don't use Instagram. I think we're finding ways that Instagram is going to help us in the recruitment process. Um, Just don't use your clips as a a highlight reel. Got it. Because, I mean, are you looking at, I mean, I know, are you looking at Instagram? I mean, if, if it's a public, um, if it's a public link, are you looking at Instagram to Min- in the minimally, process? It, okay. Minimally, if a, if maybe if a kid follows us and, and it's, and it's clear to me that that is a soccer Instagram profile. Yeah. I might check it out. Okay. And my kid hmm. follows us socially. I mean, that's great. They're, they're doing their due diligence of following the things that they're interested in. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's uh let's get into a a somewhat serious um I didn't say scary issue, but it kind of is and um we want to talk about it and 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 I want to give credit to our our main man Steve Axtell. He is uh he put Two these shout outs in one show. I know. I know. Hey, th- hey, did you see they're projected to finish not I mean, coming in ninth in the country. Oh, I'm not surprised. No. So there's three Class shots program. for Steve. Class. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is good. It is good. Except they have rock for beaches up there in New York. Yeah, so. it's not as cool. I did find yeah. one beach that had sand, but mostly rock. It's probably kitty, kitty litter. I don't know why I said that. Was yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so we're talking. I want to focus on 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 the men's game and how hard it has become, and then we'll we'll briefly talk how we can what you can do about it, but. Um, so these are some of the, the challenges that, that, that we're facing here. And, you know, Tyler, you can attest this to that. We're still sealing the effects of the eligibility waivers 
the grad year players and transfers. So um, they used to be, and I don't remember what the, the requirement was, but there was a GPA requirement. So after you finished playing, and if you had a year of eligibility left for your grad year, you could transfer, but you had to have a higher GPA. Well, they dropped that, they dropped that and they lowered that again. Um, so we're, we're seeing this effect till 2025, most likely. Now, the biggest thing that, that is affecting is the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I look at this two ways. So I, we'll, we'll take out the graduate players because those kids didn't make a bad decision. They're just looking to go get their master's. Um, so, so roughly, you know, you get 2,600. I just did math in my head. Roughly 2,600 men in the transfer portal. Um, it's 2,600 kids that maybe made the wrong decision, but you see those staggering numbers. Women are just almost just as high, but that's a lot of, of, of players, 2,600 men in the transfer portal. That's not JUCO or international players. That's a staggering number. If, if you take a number of teams, so there's, there's 817 NCAA teams. And that's just, just NCAA. So I know NAI is looking at transfer portal. Everyone's looking at it. Um, but it's almost four players per school that are gone from a recruitment class. That, that's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're bringing in a, a, an average class of, I'm making, of 10 players, four are coming, are, are coming from a transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not JUCO, and that's not international players. And, and if I have an option mm-hmm. to take a to take a punk seventeen year old unproven kid, or someone who's played two years at a high level, I'm taking the kid that's played it for high at a high level. Agree. A college experience is also an important factor in some of that decision making. Sure. Sure. Yeah, because they're away from home. Yeah. Um, Right, they have maybe have a different maturity. They played a different speed of play because they've played at college. Yep. Right. And this one, this one was this one was fascinating. Is that so? We know the international game is increasing, and so right now it says thirty six percent international students offer for Division One rosters. Now, the functional roster, which includes the eighteen players, uh, or excuse me, the top sixteen players. That's normally like a travel. Those are sixteen players that get the most playing time. Sets at forty three percent international, so nine USA, seven internationals. You take the teams that are winning above a 500, 500 winning percentage. It's seven domestic and nine international, so that jumps to fifty six percent of international. Now you take the starting eleven of those teams, sixty eight percent international of the starting eleven teams that that win. Um, that's a staggering number, and <laughs> I mean. Now, and Division One women only has eleven players, and that has tripled in the past four years. So, so that number has has gone up. Um, but I think those are those are crazy numbers. Mm-hmm. That for the men, especially, that's what we want to focus on. How how do you overcome this, Tyler? I mean, because it's not going to change. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one thing that probably has to be taken into consideration and you starting to see it happen, Josh, is um, bigger roster sizes. Um, All across the board at every level, uh, teams are expanding their roster sizes, right? Um, Now, 
this is a double-edged sword, obviously. But one, you're, you're kind of the one of the reasons you're seeing that. I mean, if, if every team is going to lose five players, basically, uh, that's just to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And then maybe two more kids quit, another couple kids get injured. You're looking at losing 10 kids a year from every program. What do I, as a, as a, as a coach, uh, have to do to combat that problem and make sure that, you know, in the spring, uh, when we can train, I, I can maybe go 11 on 11, you know, mm. like little mm-hmm. things like that. Like, well, if everyone leaves, you know, we're, can we even play games in the spring? Are, are we now doing a disservice to our soccer program because everyone else is getting better and improving in the spring and we're not because I, I didn't recruit enough kids to even have a spring season. Because most, just so everyone knows, your seniors finish in the fall, they don't play in the spring. It's freshmen, sophomores, juniors that play in the spring. Right. Little things like that. So I'll tell you something that I saw a lot on the X on Twitter this week were people bashing programs with, with 35 players on the roster, saying red flags, don't ever play for a program like this. And I'm like, the culture's probably awful. Could you imagine, one of them said, could you imagine 28 players on a club team that would be the worst culture ever? And I'm like, okay. You know, so look, first of all, if, if it does have 35 kids and, and 10 of them, let's say 10 to 12 leave because kids graduate in the spring, you're left with like 22 kids maybe. Uh, and you decide to, to join that team and stick around. You're getting full opportunity your first year there in the spring to go play uh, and make a name for yourself and, and have the opportunity to, to prove yourself. So I don't think it's a crazy thing that a, a, a school carries the 35 uh, person roster anymore. I think it's very normal. They have to do that to combat things. So I'm looking at it from the college perspective. Uh, That's so a valid point. I'm going to, I think I'm in the, I'm going to be in the minority against a lot of club coaches that are saying, don't, don't join those programs. You know, yeah. um, but I also am part of a bigger roster that has a good culture. So, but you also have a JV, you also, you also have a JV team though. We have a reserve schedule. Yeah. Res- yeah. Reserve schedule. Sorry. So okay, and so do a lot of teams. So do a lot of D two teams now, right? Um, so that that, that helps them. D one teams, yeah. That, it just that helps, it helps them development. Carry Everybody's yeah. yeah, you're yeah. developing your plan. A uh, coach can coach. I don't even coach those games. I go watch. You know, and yeah. like, oh hey, you know, I didn't notice that you know that person was playing that well. Um, so there there are different things. Not all schools are doing that. Obviously, and some schools don't do it in a great way. That's a service to the kids. So those are things right. you really have to investigate. Um, but as a recruit looking at, at, at these numbers, one of the things that we really push at rush, right. Is you, you have to have a highlight film and it has to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, because especially on the men's side, uh, so I'm gonna tell you the two main things that we're pushing, um, through cap on the men's side, we have to have highlight film because Josh just mentioned it. Every highlight film you put up, um, you're going to have. So our coach at our college gets 25 to 30 emails a day from international players and their agencies a day, guys, not a month, a day. And those are Check probably legit, legit film too, coming from. They're, they're most, most of it's decent film. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. They've, they've done work. They're going through an agency. So, you know, you have to be able to have film. If you don't have film and, and I get 25 other guys that have film, there's a good chance. I don't even look at your, your email. Okay. So that's the big thing that we're pushing right now for our, our through cap for our rush kids. Um, and so if, if you're going down that path, 
making sure that the film is good, utilizing um, our services, rushcollege.com, utilizing your your uh, your coaches, an objective lens, have everybody look at that. The second thing that we're pushing is we're pushing our kids to start the process earlier. Yeah. And this is be, this is getting met with a lot of resistance from men's coaches because they're like, ah, you know, we're just not talking to 2025s yet. And I don't care. We have to push it. And so we're we're really pushing our kids to start the narrative earlier. Don't wait. Don't don't be lazy. Um, get these lazy men's coaches away from the computers and have them talk to you. Try to schedule phone calls. Do whatever you can do uh, yeah. to get your name on their radar quicker, sooner, faster, earlier. Yeah. And I hate to say I hate to call them lazy because they don't have to. I know. I, right. I, I, I mean, well, yeah, you can. But I mean, yeah, it, it's I mean, yeah, they don't have to do much. I hate to say that, but you know, it's, everything's and, coming to them. Everything's coming. Yeah. To them. It, it's it's I the wish first, it was that easy on my side. It's the first time that, that we saw more boys attend an ID camp than girls because they're they're lost. Um, True. And, and you know they don't know what to do because and, and and I'll say the last thing is to to add to your you know to, to highlight video and start the process earlier is is you're going to have to go to them and put yourself gotta, in front of them yeah. right you got to change this mindset of ID camps are just money makers and but that's they're in a good spot right now men's coaches are in a great spot that they don't have to travel they they they're getting these videos sent to them the tra they can go to the transfer portal. And go to their ID camp, like you said, get in front of them, start this process, um, because ultimately, they still want good people, and that's how you show you're a good person. So you have to take the time to get in front of them with the highlight video, with with starting this process early, um, you know, so it, it, yeah, that's a good shout out, Than. It, it's just, it's a tough time, I think, for for young men going through this process it is i mean it, it's it's an overwhelming process regardless and, and then you throw in then you throw in this process of of you know everything that's happening um you know we'll see so if there's any change we'll see if there's any change on the horizon so seniors right now uh in college uh this is the covid this is the end of the covid year yep yep and so they all have it. So next year, next fall will be the lat will be all the, the COVID years being played out at that. Point. Okay. The twenty twenty fives, you shouldn't be fighting with too many COVID people. We gotta get through one more year, boys. One more year. <laughs> well, this has been season quattro of, of Cap Chat. Tyler and I've been doing this for for four years now of Cap Chat, and uh, and so it's uh, been fun. So. Uh, hopefully we learned a lot. We have a really good fall plan for us. So, um, Tyler, any final words here um, before we bounce out? Any final words, Tyler? I can't believe you didn't wear a polo. I thought, I thought we were doing it. I... I'm going to get suit and ties coming. I'm not even going <laughs> to tell you. It's just going to suit and tie, and I'm going to just make fun of you the entire time. So... <laughs>